Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today we have Rochelle Crump, U.S. Army veteran, founder, president of NWVU, uh, one of uh, my uh, dear friends and a colleague and uh, uh, combat soldier in arms. Uh, the discussion today is Say Your Name, Address Victims and Survivors of MSA. Hello, Rochelle, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm president and accounted for. <laughs> As always. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so tell us about this whole thing. What, what, uh, you know, why say your name, uh, and why should uh, we be addressing victims and survivors of um, military sexual assault? Okay, so first, let me just thank you, um, Dr. Arno, and AKA Governor Cliff Kelly, <laughs> and also the Executive Director Glenda Smith. You know, for keeping this issue in the forefront. I think that this roundtable is one great way. It's just one of the great ways that we can let our sisters who have been harmed know mm -hmm. they're not alone. You know, sisters, mm -hmm. say your name. You're safe. We're here for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and the National Women Veterans United, we're proud to be a partnership uh, with the America's Heroes Group Roundtable. That's right. Um, you know, for so long this has been going on. In fact, let's just say that military sexual trauma and harassment has been going on too long. Yeah. It's just been going yeah. on too long. There's too many studies, too many questions, and we still have not had any satisfactory uh, resolutions, you know, to stop the sexual assault and harassment of our military sisters. And we can't just keep having rallies and hold press conferences and then go back to our normal day. You know, we've got to do things like this important venue of social media, letting our sisters know mm -hmm. we're here for them, they're safe, and, and that's why it's so important. That's right. And, and, and also, you know, we, uh, we, uh, the majority of people who are sexually harassed are women, but we also have men being uh, harassed as well, you know, small, much a small percentage, but still in the same. We need to say that this is bad for anyone, right? And, and, and we should not be accepting uh, silence as a code. Uh, we should be coming forward, right? And, you know, so what are some of the experiences? What can happen when someone goes through sexual assault? You know, what, what the, how does it affect their lives? You know, it has a, a devastating effect on them. Uh, you know, getting employment and keeping employment, uh, working with their families, trust with their partners, you know, and even with their friends, you know, mm -hmm. just it, it just rocks their whole world. They're brand new at that time. And when I say brand new, I mean brand new, not in a good way, in a way that is really devastating to them and how to cope, you know, and then how to learn all over again about life and who they can trust. Uh, let's just say the PTSD, anxiety, you know, and lo and behold, when they have children, how mm -hmm. that impacts their family, you know, because everything is just is so different at that time. And it, it's hard on them. It's really hard. And we've seen the devastation of that. We've seen the, the tears. We've seen the anger, 
we've seen the, you know, nobody cares and, you know, nobody is looking into this. And, and it's it's hurtful. It's really hurtful. Yeah. And it sounds like, it, you know, it can be, you know, first of all, I would not want that to happen to my mother, my aunt, my sister, my nephew, I mean, my niece, my, you know, uh, a, a daughter or anyone. Right. For any any woman to go through that. But then women are also in combat roles now. And, you know, they have the same uh, susceptibility to PTSD as men do. Uh, they go into combat situations. And then to put this on top of that seems to be extremely mm-hmm. unfair and um, something that should be uh, actually guarded against and prevented, right? And Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing about this is even when they get halfway mm-hmm. to a point where they can go to work and maybe they're working for the Department of Veterans Affairs or, you know, the Human Services or one of those federal agencies, even city or county, you know, there's sexual harassment in those agencies, mm-hmm. you know, in the Department of Veterans Affairs. I, I read a study on that. And, and, and now you're talking about double, dual sex harassment for them. You know, sometimes there's no coming back from that, you know, and, and maybe later on we'll get a chance to talk about it more in depth because the uh, U.S. Government Accountability Office gave the VA and Congress seven recommendations, mm-hmm. you know, and so we can explore those recommendations and see how the VA is faring on them, what they've done, what they still need to do. And, you know, we just can't keep having even, you know, not just one person who was affected by this, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're so proud to be a partner with uh, America's Heroes Group Roundtable. And, you know, we need to uh, work on this plan that we've got, you know, we want to create funding through grants and we welcome donations as well, you know, to keep military sexual assault and harassment exposed. We have to keep it exposed. We've got to highlight it through aspects of this roundtable and social media. Right. You know, we just can't have, you know, a rally today and go back and, and, and everything is okay. And then, you know, another one happens. And then here we are again at the same pace of where we were before. You know, we must keep pushing. We got to keep pushing for change and consequences of those offenders. Mm-hmm. Well, Rochelle, do you have a website people can go to or a telephone number for the organization? And and I guess uh, you can have whip women veterans join your organization as well, right? And I'm I'm not sure absolutely. about absolutely. Yeah, yes, uh-huh. yes, absolutely. They can uh, call us, you know, at eight seven two seven three one two one five zero, and we invite them to visit our website at www.nwvu.org, you know, and we're still working on the meat part of our partnership and how we're planning to, you know, uh, really attack this issue and make impact and, and keep it rounded so that women will do just that. They won't be afraid to say their name. They won't be afraid to, you know, understand that they're safe and that we're here for them. You know, we want to keep pushing that. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, you know, Rochelle, what would be your advice to, you know, women who are now for the first time entering military service or, con- you know, contemplating joining military service? Any, you know, words of wisdom or what should they be thinking when they go in uh, with regard to this whole issue? I, I think that, you know, like any place that you go that you don't know about, you have to be cautious at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I think that more education needs to be done. A lot of them come from the ROTC, you know, from either the university and or, you know, public schools where they have it. And I, and I think that they can do more education on it as well. I think that the military has a grave responsibility of talking to them when they first arrive also, you know, when they're recruiting them. They should be telling them, you know, things. They have to tell them the truth. That's first. Okay. We have to be honest about what's going on. We have to make sure that they are aware. Parents can do that same thing. We invite them to uh, contact our organization so that we can pair them up with a mentor. We've got some amazing women in the organization who spent 30, 40 years in the military. They've been officers. They've been enlisted. They've been in nursing. They've been all around the world, land, air, and sea. We'd love to do that peer support with them, you know, to get them ready and get them, you know, to understand that you're going into a situation that you still have to act like you are at home and take care of yourself. Oh, fantastic. That That is uh, really a great service you're providing. Um, and it sounds like it should be a national service that's already provided to people, but uh, sometimes you have to develop organizations, right, that uh, supplement what's there that's missing. So yeah, it sounds like you're filling a gap that's really needed uh, by the service members to make sure that they have some place to turn to. So I'm, I'm really Absolutely. proud of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know what? We don't want to have any more Vanessa Gans. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have right. any more uh, Lavinia Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. we want to make it so that, you know, they made the ultimate sacrifice. We're not going to remember. You know, we're not going to forget. We're going to always remember those sacrifices that they have. And we're going to use that as a teaching tool so that our Congress will know that we're still out here on the battlefield, that we're not just going to stand by and let it continue to happen all over. You know, we've got to get more aggressive about it. We've got to track legislation. You know, we got to keep those faces on the walls of, of Congress, on the walls of the Senate, on the walls of the uh, Veterans Affairs Committee and the Armed Forces. You know, we cannot just stand by. And this is why I am so happy and, and so glad to be a part of, you know, the America's Heroes Group, because over the years, you know, we've seen how much you all have, you know, put into the community with education, put into the community about exposure of all these things that are going on. It's not a, you know, a shrug under the rug, if you will. You know, you stood up to it and we're standing up with you. You know, we're going to be more aggressive about it. And, you know, and, and I think that when we do that, I think we're going to get better results out of that as well. So, you know, I, I salute you all. And, and, you know, we just have to keep pushing our women, letting them know that they are not alone out here. We are here. They can save their name. They are going to be safe. We're going to be here. You know, one, one thing, Rochelle, you know, we, we had a, uh, one person on the show just uh, right before uh, you came on. It was Stephen Seidman. Uh, he's an attorney uh, really focused on personal injury. And he was mentioning uh, that, you know, the sense for, with respect to sexual harassment, there's a Stand Up and Stop Harassment Now campaign. Uh, but can you tell us anything about what's going on, uh, you know, nationally as far as uh, any legislation, anything that's moving right now that people need to be aware of? Now, I, I was wa- uh, following at first uh, Max Sally. She's from, uh, she is from Arizona. Mm-hmm. She had a bill out, and, you know, it looks like it kind of slowed down a bit because oh. it went to 
the uh, <laughs> it went to the, it's almost like they're tossing the ball back and forth. In other words, you know what I'm saying? Right. It right. went to the yeah. That that's what they do. You know, they they move it on to the um, the military affairs committee. Oh, you know, uh-huh. so because the responsibility it lies there because it happens there. So they do have to do a lot more, you know. But what we've seen over the years is that the numbers are going up. They're not going down. So it takes more than putting out the posters about sexual harassment. You know, we could make those recommendations again about using the cameras, about using the polygraph test, about, you know, direct uh, putting those offenders on um, the um, registered uh, predators list, you know, so that they don't bring that behavior back to the community so that they can't ever come in again anywhere, you know. Uh, so, right, I mean, right. those are the things that we have to keep pushing for legislation-wise, you know. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it's a slow process. And there's others. I know that uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth, you know, she was working on some progress as well, you know. Yes. So we're going to be following all of those, and uh, we're going to really follow them to the extent that, you know, when they start doing depositions and things like that, that's when we can start having the community to contact their senator, contact their congressman, you know, and make sure that they know that we're watching. You know, as long as you don't have a watch, you know what I'm saying? It's like when the mice, uh, hit the, when the cats away, the mice will play. Right, you know, right, as long right. as you don't have that oversight, then it kind of slows down everything else as a priority. This has to be a priority. The lives of these women have to be a priority. And so we have to keep, keep being aggressive and pushing it that way. Yeah, that that, that, that sounds so much uh, like we should be uh, focused on, you know, making sure that we maintain a system that is fair and just. I mean, that's what our legal system is supposed to do, right? And that's what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. as people who are military personnel, either, you know, enlisted or officers, that you are there to make sure that, you know, we have a just society and that you're fighting for the right ideals and right principles. And, you know, there's nothing good about um, a sexual assault or rape or anything in that uh, category. Uh, and, and Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so we definitely need to be uh, on top of things, like you said. And, and, and we're going to and, and we've got to make some other friends, too, across the country. You know, and that's what I love most about the America's Heroes Group. You know, you're not just in Illinois. You're all over the world, you know, and this is what it's going to take. It's going to take those people all over everywhere Mm -hmm. to make this happen. Yeah, so, you know, because I know you're a national organization, so I know that you have members from uh, multiple multiple states (laughs) that are involved in this. You know, how how does that play into things? I know it's... um, you know, uh, with uh, multiple bills going on at the same time, it must be an awesome task for you to keep up with everything that's going on across this country and then at the federal level. And uh, so that that's uh, a, a lot of work. Uh, so I commend you, you know, for taking on this uh, monumental task. But your members come from different states, so people can join whether they're in um, – um, you know, uh, Washington State or whether they're in California or New York or Texas or Illinois. Uh, so you have people come calling in from all different backgrounds. And this is a nonpartisan issue, right? It's it's a human oh, rights absolutely. issue. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what I always tell them? Mm-hmm. I said, we're not red and blue. We are red, white, and blue. Right. 
that's what we are. We're red, white, and blue. So we don't care about who it is, who's president, who's coming in, who's going out. But what we do care about is that you need to do something about it. Right. That's what we care about. Yes. So it's an American uh, right. It's a it's a woman's right within this country, and it's something we c- yes, tell everyone is. across over the seas. We you know hold people to different standards, but we have to hold ourselves to a standard too. And uh, yeah. So, so um, with you know, uh, what do you think of some of the um, things or the services that women need who have gone through this? Um, is it, uh, you know, making sure we have the, enough uh, psychological counseling? Because that's a tra- very traumatic thing to go through. And uh, do you think that services need to be, uh, you know, strengthened? And we now have this um, new act that went through and uh, the Mission Act, you know, where you can actually go outside to see non-VA doctors. Uh, do you think that is going to add anything? Or how, how does that really change the playing field for, you know, seeking treatment or you know, having your uh, your story told and heard. Yeah, uh, you know, and I was very concerned about that. You know, okay. when it um, uh, when yeah. it opened up about the Mission Act, I really was because mm-hmm. you know it's almost like you're throwing those women, all of us, because I use the Mission Act also when I have to, and it's like you're throwing us out to um, oh. others who may not specialize specialize in that area, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's a difference for that mental health piece, you know, it it, it just, it's, it's Mm -hmm. totally different, you know, and you'd have to understand and have done the studies on that to rec to recognize on what the best, you know, treatment is for that person, you know, because trauma is trauma and it's not something that just goes away automatically, you know, it's periods of episodes that come with that, you know, are they ready for that? And if your doctor is over in another, uh, another facility that's non-VA and then, you know, how do you get to the hospital in terms of now they got your records over there and your other records at the VA, you know, it seems to be a little messy to me, you know, and I'm sure that they're doing, you know, a lot of things. I know they're doing the best efforts that they can and they have, you know, studied it pretty good, but those are my concerns. You know, my concern is whether or not they have trained uh, clinicians that can actually work with those women who've been in the VA system, who already have made, you know, a path for them to talk to them. But, you know, you get complaints about them too, though. They tell you that, you know, their doctor doesn't care. They're on a time limit, you know, and then they talk about those that are really, really uh, impactful and helping them a lot, you know. So it's up and it's down like any other healthcare system, I'm sure, you know, but <laughs> the concern has to be about those women. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and whether or not they can keep up with that doctor and that there's no changes. That's something when we're not consistent with care, we know what happens. It falls apart. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and it's a good point you make because the VA system, at least you have someone that has been familiar with how veterans are, you know, impacted, you know, by, you know, mul- you know various deployments and uh, military life and the military service. And um, do you you find anything going on, you know, with the difference between uh, people who are active duty versus people who are in the, um, you know, in the 
private sector, people who are like with National Guard and, and those kinds of things, or any difference between the branches of service? Because I know you cover all branches of service, uh, you know, that goes Absolutely. from Army, you know, Marines, Navy, Air Force, and even Coast Guard is out there, right? So so do you see any, th- you know, how, how does that play out between the different branches and, and also whether someone is actually active duty on a, uh, on a you know, military base or... Uh, yes. Versus being in a com- so any differences or how how does that work? I, I think some of the difference is that, you know, sometimes those who are like in the National Guard and the uh, reserves, they think that they can go to the VA hospital. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain criteria that they have to have. That's first, you know, because oh, okay. everybody has a myth about the VA taking care of you, you know. But, you know, we've had homeless women that have gone to the VA to try to get a service and couldn't get it because they didn't have that period of service that they needed as even a military person, you know. And I find that so insulting and so insensitive, you know, that, you know, it, it shouldn't matter, you know. Whether or not, if you're wearing that uniform and you're in good standing, you know, why wouldn't you see a doctor? Why wouldn't, if you go to the VA, you go to the VA for a purpose, and that's to be treated. You know, there's a one-time humanitarian clause, you know, they can get into that. But what about the rest of it? You know, some of them are barely making it with just that reserve and that National Guard payment. They're just barely making it, you know, and we have to make sure that, you know, if they need medical treatment and they don't, you know, maybe we need to look at more legislation about that, you know, because it, it makes a difference in their care. Oh, so that's, that's a big difference. That's yeah, absolutely. Difference. You know, so, uh, you know, National Women Veterans United, uh, you gave the phone number 872-731-2150. And then also your website was www nwvu.org so i'm hoping that people will pick up that uh pick up that call phone or you know uh, look at check out the website and join this organization it's incredible thank you for listening to america's heroes group podcast don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode and for more details visit americashg.org